It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My Michelle Live, Health Watch. She's writing a prescription for hope. Here's Michelle. Hey, I am Michelle Mendoza. Thanks for hanging out with me today as we take on Health Watch. And, oh, welcome to 2022, another year of bat crap crazy. We are now going to be looking at some of the full virus updates, vax updates, and news that we've researched and is out there just not in the mainstream media, we're breaking all manner of case count records for COVID and doing the same things to deal with it and expecting different results. Didn't somebody say that was the very definition of crazy? So yes, indeed, welcome to 2022 and another year of crazy pandemic panacea. No, it's it's not much of a panacea out there, but there is hope for you and I as we try to make a difference. And believe me, it can happen. All right, let's get into some of the news stories. There is a new variant, maybe? Deltacron, it's been called. And this weekend, well, last weekend, Bloomberg News reported a new strain of the virus. A professor of biological sciences at the University of Cyprus, by the last name Kostrikas, had called the strain Deltacron because it had Omicron-like genetic signatures with the Delta genomes. Okay. Well, they had found about 25 cases in the mutation. And they said it was kind of early to see if there were more cases or what impact Deltacron would have. But there have been a lot of people refuting this, uh, like a WHO expert, Dr. Kupali, who said that it was likely a lab contamination of Omicron fragments in a Delta specimen. In other words, lab error lab leak. I don't know. Is there a new variant? Look, uh, we have gotten crazy over Omicron with a lot of misinformation, a lot of confusing information, we'll say, out there. But when you have a virus of this sort, there are different variants. It's the same with the flu. If the flu didn't variate every year, People wouldn't be getting flu vaccines every single year because the variants change. That's the nature of COVID. Historically, with viruses, they will get lesser and become a little more tolerable. The flu still kills thousands of people every single year. How do we know which variant is out there and how deadly this variant is? And if it's deadly, is it the variant? Are they testing every single person? No, they're not. And how they know that it's the Omicron versus Delta versus anything else is they use a PCR test for COVID. Then here's the problem. The CDC last month had said that the PCR test cannot differentiate between the flu and COVID. So wait, what? So how do we even know there's a new variant out there? Not only that, 
the PCR test has had some problems that you may not have heard about. Military members reportedly had infections with flesh-eating bacteria after getting swabbed. Can you imagine flesh-eating bacteria up your nose? Some swabs were found to be contaminated with at least one patient getting meningitis from a nasal swab that was inserted too far. We often put these links on My Michelle Live so you can go and investigate them yourself. Make sure what I'm saying is true. If you find a story and it's not substantiated and we've reported it, usually we try really hard to do our research on this. But um, if something falls through the cracks, hold us accountable. That's what truth does. That's what real science does. It pokes, it prods, it challenges. We're not afraid of that. You can find us at MyMichelleLive.com. Now, what is the latest from the problems here with the PCR test? Well, PCR tests, if there is an actual coronavirus that has been discovered on a PCR test. Now, sometimes they're going to get it right, even though sometimes it can't differentiate between flu and coronavirus. Labs sequence the genome in the virus sample. They can sequence the genome from these PCR tests that have come back positive. Then scientists can tell from the virus's genome which variant it is. So the idea that, well, they can't tell and their coronavirus doesn't exist, that's just simply unproven. So let's go into what the latest is from your government in the fight against the coronavirus. The Biden administration says they will provide 500 million free tests. Are these the tests that don't work? 500 million free tests. Uh, 1,000 National Guard troops for overstressed hospitals and more pressure to get you all vaccinated and boosted. Again, doing some of the same things, expecting different results. We'll talk in this program today why some of that is a problem. According to the Kaiser Family Foundation, we would need 2.3 billion tests. So forget that 500 million, which by the way, a lot of folks are saying need to go to the uh, people who are like people of color, people who are least advantaged and have the least ability to get that stuff. Uh, But not many of people who aren't least advantaged know where to get that, that stuff or even have access, but uh, maybe that's for another day. Uh, at any rate, Kaiser found Family Foundation, 2.3 billion tests per month to test every person over the age of 12 twice per week, which is the recommended frequency twice per, per week. Where are we going to get these tests? Well, I don't know, but here's the thing. They won't be available for a few years. Way to go, Biden. Way to go. So here are some of the most intriguing questions to date. If you have answers to these, you can find me at MyMichelleLive.com. Why are we doing the same thing again and again and expecting different results? How do we know what the numbers really are with PCR tests not necessarily being accurate. People who are in hospitals with COVID 
different than people who are in hospitals because of COVID? How do we know what the real numbers are? If they didn't know that the vaccine would not have long-term effectiveness, how can they know if it will or will not have long-term effects? There are some serious stories coming out of the world where people are having adverse effects and there have been coincidences of people having heart problems, dropping dead, collapsing uh, in very public ways, very close to within a week of getting the vaccine. We should be investigating this so that we can make vaccines better. Vaccines can be a great thing. They can be useful for people who are at high risk, but not if the risk of the vaccine is close to or even uh, a factor. And finally, if your vaccine doesn't protect you, then how will someone else's vaccine protect you? Some questions I would love answers to. If you got them, you can find me at mymichellelive.com. So we're going to talk a little bit about the kiddos. Big Bird has now got his vaccination. How is my little birdikins feeling? Well, I feel okay. Uh, my wing hurts a little bit, but that's okay. And uh, and look, Radar's feeling okay too. Look, he, he's got a little Band-Aid and a little smiley face. Now your wing may hurt for a bit tired, but you both did great. Mm. I made the decision to get Big Bird vaccinated because COVID vaccines are the best way to keep yourself, hmm. our friends and neighbors, and me safe and healthy. So are they really the best? Oh my gosh, is Sesame Street disseminating crazy news? I mean, like propaganda. It's an ad actually from the Ad Council. Um, Big Bird represents, has represented historically a six-year-old. Um, so Getting those little ones vaccinated, is that really the best way? Well, let's talk about what's going on with kids. Deaths among children have actually risen in the UK since they began vaccinating teenagers age 12 and above. Coincidence? It could be. We won't know, though, if we don't talk about it. Let's get some of these stories up so you can see them. This is a a problem that we're not looking into. Do kids really need to be vaccinated? Or is it better for healthy children to be exposed so their immune systems um, can develop natural immunity, which study after study has shown is far superior? Rare Foundation USA also notes that during the 43rd week of 2021, more children aged 5 to 14 died than usual. And the UK Health Security Agent reported that the number of children who died at the end of October of 2021, just a few months ago, was so great that it was considered excess mortality. That's scary. That's our children. Is it really necessary? And then there's another story. Coming out of Long Island, New York, 
Uh, just as we've seen Big Bird, he got vaccinated, his granny making sure this is the best way to protect the world. So you have a lot of Karens out there who are ready to make sure you have your mask on and even vaccinate your kids in their own kitchen table without anyone knowing. How would you feel about sending your teen to a friend's house? Now they're sitting around, hanging out, playing video games, and his friend's mom over there decides, I think I'm going to vaccinate you. Hey, are you vaccinated? Well, come over here. Sit at the kitchen table. Vax up with a vax she got from God knows where. Yeah, and they don't know where yet. No, she is not a nurse. No, she's not an authorized vaccination dealer. Uh, Seriously, no idea where she gets her personal supply of Johnson and Johnson. Maybe you can pick those up from Bruno. You're not so friendly hood good dealer peddling meth and uh, mRNA. I don't know. In a video that was acquired by WNBC, this woman is seen giving the teen a dose at her kitchen table. Yeah, there you go. At home vaccine. Get vaccinated. Oh, nice. mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go, you dick. But don't worry, it's okay. She's a teacher. Yeah, that's right. So she's a teacher, right? One of the elite. It's okay. Laura Russo is a public school employee appearing to be uh, uh, reportedly a science teacher at Herrick's Public School in New Hyde Park. And she claims the kid asked for the vaccine. His mom wouldn't let him get it or something of that nature. Well, she'll fix that. By the way, that vaccine is approved in the United States for individuals 18 and older, not this young man's age. In case you're wondering, no, it is not Okay, the 54-year-old Laura Russo was arrested on New Year's Eve. Whew, what a way to start the year, right? Charged with unauthorized practice of a profession. Now, this is not the only instance where kids have gotten vaxxed at Different locations, maybe even at school. I'll even share with you something coming out of California that happened last year. Kids going ahead and getting a vaccine in exchange for pizza. Is that okay? February 10th, some parents tell us that they believe their kids are being pressured into getting the jab. I should have been involved. Maribel Duarte says her 13-year-old son, a student at the Barack Obama Global Prep Academy in South L.A., brought home this vaccine card after having accepted the COVID-19 vaccine at school. She says he said yes when someone offered it in exchange for pizza. The lady that gave him the shot and signed the paper was the one that told my son, please do not say anything. I don't want to get in trouble. LAUSD says student matters are confidential and wouldn't comment specifically, but did say it's Safe Schools to Safe Steps incentive program is meant to ensure several steps are in place for vaccinated students to receive prizes. Duarte says she's not against the vaccine. She's vaccinated herself, but it's different with her son. In regards to my son's health, um, I am against it. And how does pizza peddler know what the child's health status is? This is where it's getting into really scary territory. These are our our kids. What is wrong with us that we're so focused on the narrative that we aren't investigating in potential harm for our children? 
Are we harming them in the name of protecting them from something that doesn't harm them? In the Times, uh, the New York Times, there was a article that took on some of this issue, talking about how now finally we're admitting that millions of kids are in crisis. You can look at the article here. It's no way to grow up, they say. So what does this article say? Well, the outlet's David Leonhardt wrote that American children are starting 2022 in crisis. And that crisis is caused by the measures meant to protect them from getting the coronavirus. Again, we are possibly harming our children in the name of protecting our children from harm from something that doesn't harm them. He said that he spent time pulling together data and reading many reports that found out just how alarming the situation has become for our kids in America. Children who fell behind, for example, during the first year of virtual learning, they haven't been catching up, and they may never catch up, especially minority students. Great. Mental health issues, oh my gosh, have increased to the point The American Academy of Pediatrics is declaring a national state of emergency regarding children's mental health. You got a child in your life? Guess what? It's a national state of emergency. They noted that there have been dramatic increases in emergency department visits for all mental health emergencies for kids. And it gets even more serious. Suicide attempts are up, especially among adolescent girls. Uh, Emergency rooms for suspected suicide attempts for 12 to 17-year-old girls are up by 51%. That is between 2019 and early 2021, according to Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Statistics. The behavior problems, you may have noted it. Uh, Teachers are noting kids are attacking each other using language they've never experienced before, a level of violence and angst that they frankly have never, never seen. And here's the kicker, my friends. This Times article went on to say that the data now suggests that many changes in school routines are of questionable value in controlling the virus spread. That's a quote. Some researchers are skeptical that school closures reduce COVID cases in most instances. Other interventions like forcing students to sit apart from their friends at lunch may have little benefit at all. And that's because children aren't truly at risk for severe or long issues with COVID. But if you were to have any goals for, for health, now based on everything we just said, if you were going to have any goals for your health for 2021, what would they be? So we see a woman sitting here thinking Hawaiian woman sitting behind her computer. What would my resolutions be? Eating healthier? No way. Hmm, how about exercising regularly? Nah, that's not needed. 
cut that one out. X it out. This cartoon suggests saving money? Nah, not so much. Well, what should we do? Well, get the cakey vaccinated. Cakey, the Hawaiian word for children. Vaccinate your children. That's all you need. The best resolution for 2022. Are you serious? So in the midst of a pandemic, you see a slightly overweight woman sitting behind her computer, exercising regularly, absolutely. Eating healthy, absolutely. Those are things you must do to have a robust immune system. But nope. (laughs) That is part of the misinformation campaign, and it's a technocratic idea that makes its way through the masses. What is that? Leave it to the technocrats, the experts. You're not a scientist. You can't talk about the coronavirus and some of the effects. You're not a teacher. You can't grab kids at will and start jabbing them in your kitchen at your kitchen table. You are not a politician. Apparently, you're not even qualified to think for yourself or make choices for your own body. No, maybe not. But I can read and I can research and I do believe it is my body and it should be my choice. Any real scientist would challenge the going ideas, challenge my own ideas, That's what science is. But that's not where we're getting to anymore. We've gotten to a point where we are now trying to muzzle Americans. In fact, there is a New York legislator that's proposing a bill which would criminalize so-called misinformation. It comes from New York State. Senator Brad Hoyleman introduced S-7568 that would criminalize the promotion of content that includes a false statement of fact or fraudulent medical theory that is likely to endanger the safety or health of the public. But here's the question. Who gets to decide what truth is? Well, of course, the technocrats. And when you shut off that free speech, When you criminalize a challenge, you are criminalizing real science. You're using a phrase that has no place in our vocabulary, and that is settled science. Science is never settled. Science must always be challenged. Otherwise, it's not science. But You know, it isn't the first time in America. I want you to think about this. When you think of the, it's settled science, and this is what the experts say. When you buy into the mass psychosis of technocracy that will just leave it to the experts, well, what about these experts? Go ahead. Trust the government. Do you remember a thing called DDT? With the possibility of a serious infantile paralysis epidemic, health authorities of the city of San Antonio, Texas, attacked the germ carriers throughout the city. With the war discovered DDT in special sprayers, sections of the city are blanketed with the insecticide in the fight to stop the spread of the dread poliomyelitis. Every suspected spot is sprayed. Yeah, that was the government. 
stepping in and doing what they thought was the right thing to do. You know, the Fauci's of that time saying, yep, this is what we have to do. DDT has been banned for agricultural use. And of course, we don't spray our kids down with it anymore. Worldwide by the Stockholm Convention on Persistent Organic Pollutants. Now, those who question this practice of using DDT, which causes horrific physical problems. Their credibility as scientists were attacked. They were derided as hysterical. So go ahead, leave it to the experts. That was the idea in history, by the way, when the Bible used to be banned for the common people. We don't want the common people reading. They don't understand the Bible. They can't understand the Bible. The decree of the Council of Toulouse in 1229 said that they would prohibit the laity to have the books of the Old or New Testament and strictly forbid having any translation of these books. Really? Yeah. Because you can't understand it. Leave it to the experts. It's a kind of control and it's abusive. So ban people from access and you have no challenge. You can proclaim whatever you wish. You're the experts. But let me just give you a little tidbit from the Bible. They should have read back there in 1229. 1 Thessalonians 521 says, instruct us to test, prove all things, hold fast to what is good. Why does the Bible say that? Why does the Bible, why does God himself say, test me, try me, prove me on this in Malachi, because God's not afraid of the challenge, because the truth will set you free. Come on, what about some of the most intelligent, revered people in our time of history, putting out information that is categorically untrue. Who am I talking about? Well, we have the Supreme Court Justice of the United States of America, Sotomayor, giving information about COVID. Now, Friday, this last Friday, uh, the Supreme Court began hearing oral arguments in a case of the National Federation of Independent Business versus the Department of Labor. They're asking the court to find whether or not it's constitutional for the Biden administration to enforce a vaccine mandate on private employers. This is some of what the Supreme Court justice had said. Country today than we had a year ago in January. Um, We have hospitals that are almost at full capacity with people severely ill on ventilators. We have over 100,000 children which we've never had before in, in serious condition and uh, many on ventilators. Um, so saying it's a different variant just underscores the fact that without the, without. Um okay. That's, that's it for that one. Yeah. Sotomayor um, giving some pretty interesting information. Where does she get it? Where is she getting this? Her statements are without basis, without facts, without reports, studies, or experts to back them up, and undeniably untrue. She seems to have pulled this 100,000 children uh, in hospital statistics out of her hind end. According to the Washington Examiner, the current national 
pediatric COVID census conducted by the Department of Health and Human Services shows there are roughly 3,300 children with COVID, with COVID in hospitals, in hospitals with COVID, not necessarily from COVID. There's a distinct difference. Uh, Miss Supreme Court Justice. Sotomayor also claimed that Omicron is as deadly as Delta, but it's been reported and investigated and even widely disseminated, even by the mainstream media, uh, such as the New York Times, that has reported the exact opposite. And I quote, preliminary data suggests that compared with the Delta variant, Omicron appears to be causing milder illness. That's a quote. So will she get flagged on social media for misinformation? Probably not. She's smart. She's a technocrat. An average girl like me, though, can easily find uh, peer-reviewed studies, expert information. So what is going on? It's like we're watching The View, listening to her COVID sermon. Is she blinded? Is she bungling? Is she baleful or malicious? What is going on? Well, here's the problem. If we do not challenge the science and misinformation like that of Sotomayor, we will not find answers. Prove me wrong. Amazon is allowing viewers to have access to dozens of Nazi propaganda films, even as the platform is taking down research films that criticize the COVID-19 agenda. According to a watchdog organization known as the Washington Free Beacon, by the way, they're a group that combats bigotry and anti-Semitism. Amazon, they say, is the world's largest purveyor of original Nazi propaganda. Would Hitler be proud? Perhaps. They want the films taken down immediately. Now, I disagree with that. What? Yeah. Hello. That, too, is an affront to free speech. Look, if we don't see these things up front... It seeds in the shadows. Bring it out. Take it on. Debate it. But in turn, do not shut down the other experts or people who have ideas that go against that narrative. That's how free speech and a free society works. That's how science and the uh, finding of truth works in theology in spiritually this is where we need to go against the the narrative and not be afraid to challenge those so-called narratives so who's doing that in washington well we have seen senator Rand paul taking on just this week Dr. Fauci will play a bit. That a government official like yourself would claim unilaterally, unilaterally to represent science, that any criticism of you would be considered a criticism of science itself, is quite dangerous. Central planning, whether it be of the economy or of science, is risky because of the fallibility of the planner. It would not be so catastrophic if the planner were simply one physician in Peoria, then the mistakes would only affect that physician's patients the people who chose that position. But when the planner is a government official, like yourself, who rules by mandate, the errors are compounded and become much more harmful. 
A planner who believes he is the science leads to an arrogance that justifies, in his mind, using government resources to smear and to destroy the reputations of other scientists who disagree with him. In an email exchange with Dr. Collins, you conspire, and I quote here directly from the email, to create a quick and devastating published takedown of three prominent epidemiologists from Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. Apparently, there's a lot of fringe epidemiologists at Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. And you quote in the email that they were from Dr. Collins, and you, you agree that they are fringe. And immediately, there's this takedown effort. A published takedown, though, you know, doesn't exactly conjure up the image of a dispassionate scientist. Instead of engaging them on the merits, you and Dr. Collins sought to smear them as fringe and take them down, and not in journals, in lay press. This is not only antithetical to the scientific method, it's the epitome of cheap politics, and it's reprehensible, Dr. Fauci. Do you really think it's appropriate to use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you? Senator Rand Paul, once again challenging the man who claims he is science, Dr. Anthony Fauci, in a Senate hearing just this Tuesday. But we eat it up. We eat up everything that Fauci says without challenge. If someone challenges him, even if it is an expert from the Ivy League, uh, it's fringe and and they need to be brought down. Let's hear part of Dr. Fauci's response to Senator Rand Paul. Senator, we are here at a committee to look at a a virus now that has killed almost 900,000 people. And the purpose of the committee was to try and get things out, how we can help to get the American public. And you keep coming back to personal attacks on me that have absolutely no relevance to reality. Do you think anybody has had more influence let, over let our response to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? I, Do you think it's a great success what's happened well, so far? Do you think you, the lockdowns are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. You are the one responsible. You are the architect. You are the lead architect for the response from the government. And now 800,000 people have died. Right. So you think it's a, a winning success what you've advocated for government? Are in a dangerous place, and it's not COVID that is the real culprit. There are some other deeper viruses that have spread in America, viruses of hate, viruses of the affront or the attack to free speech. This is what we're really suffering from. We eat up what we're told like rabidly starving sheep getting prepared for the slaughter. Why? Well, this is a question. Why are mass Karens foaming at the mouth with their frantic obsessions of when Even the government is saying we may need to change our masks uh, mandates. We might need to make them even stricter because they're just not working. No, they aren't working. They haven't been working. And the science tells us that masks have had no effect. They really haven't. If you want to wear a mask and protect yourself, then protect yourself. Feel comfortable. But the mandate, it's not helping. In fact, it can have a devastating effect to our health. Why are friends and family canceling each other with senseless blame in this frenetic delirium? Well, research science 
Dr. Robert Malone had something very powerful to say about that. Just to set the stage, Dr. Robert Malone invented the mRNA technology that is utilized in most of our vaccines. And he said in a recent interview that governments are using what he calls a manipulative concept on you known as mass formation psychosis. Look it up, mass formation psychosis. It's being used on you, the population. It's a means of coercing you into accepting even the most draconian, dangerous, hateful coronavirus mandates and measures. He says, quote, what the heck happened to Germany in the 20s and 30s? Very intelligent, highly educated population, educated people, smart people, good people like you. And they were they went barking mad, he said. How did that happen? Let's take a listen to Dr. Malone. Into what the heck happened in Germany in the 20s and 30s? You know, very intelligent, highly educated population, and they went barking mad. Um, and how did that happen? Um, the answer is mass formation psychosis. When you have a society that has become decoupled from each other, and has free-floating anxiety and a sense that things don't make sense. We can't understand it. And then their attention gets focused by a leader or a series of events on one small point, just like hypnosis. They literally become hypnotized and can be led anywhere. And one of the aspects of that phenomena is the people that they identify as their leaders, the ones typically that come in and say, you have this pain and I can solve it for you, I and I alone. Okay, can fix this problem for you. Okay, then they will lead. They will follow that person through. It doesn't matter whether they lie to him or whatever. The data are irrelevant. And furthermore, anybody who questions that narrative is to be immediately attacked. They are the other. <clears throat> this is central to mass formation psychosis, and this is what has happened. We had all those conditions. If you remember back before, 2019, everybody was complaining. The world doesn't make sense blah, blah, blah. Um, and we're all isolated from each other. We're all on our little tools. We're not connected socially anymore, except through social media. Um, and then this thing happened and everybody focused on it. That is how mass formation psychosis happens. And that is what's happened here. Now, as we've talked about today, it's not the first time in history that we've done stupid that the government has done stupid, that we've let the science of the day dictate how we should act and what we should do and how we should think. Smoking, after all, was once absolutely fabulous for your respiratory system until the science and the voices who stood in dissent were loud enough to say, yeah, no, and it was undeniable. That's where we're at today. We need to continue to push back and ask for a good debate. It's not the first time, as we've talked about in history, where people have been canceled because they have a different point of view, uh, more to the science, a different side of the science. You're looking at a picture here where I was at a rally this weekend in Seattle, Washington. It was a March for freedom. And this March for freedom 
there were people of all sorts, all sizes, um, all socioeconomic backgrounds, and all vaccination status. And some were saying, hey, we need more conversation about the vaccine. Some were saying, hey, we need to get rid of some of these ridiculous mandates. Some were just there because they support freedom. There were speakers and there were maybe 500 people in attendance. Now, to me, this was surprising because it was really hard to get the word out with cancellation on social media. You're going to hear from this man in just a moment and some of the participants, just regular everyday people and people involved with organizations. You hear some of the folks honking in the background, surprised too that there was so much support in downtown Seattle. Seattle is kind of a bastion for not only left-leaning thinking and why this is a left-leaning idea when it tended to be more left-leaning people that were uh, natural, health-minded, untrusting of big pharmaceutical companies. How did it get to this? Kind of weird to me. Yet, also here in Seattle, uh, which I call my hometown, This is the home of Bill and Melinda Gates, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They are huge proponents of vaccinating absolutely everybody for everything, and they are making billions, billions of dollars in doing it and not allowing a whole lot of conversation or dissidents. They're just the saviors. It's the known science, kind of like spraying people with DDT. But there were quite a few people here at this rally. And I talked to both uh, these three women and the gentleman you just saw. Let's take a listen to that interview this Saturday at a March for Freedom rally in Seattle. My name is Cindy O'Sullivan, and I just want to do my part to protect our freedoms. You know, I just feel very strongly that what is going on right now is just absolutely outrageous. Now, as you listen, I'm sorry, there's a lot of background noise, so we'll just try to filter through that. Us losing our ability to make decisions for ourselves and our children and our families, our work, our life in general. So that's why I'm here, just to have my voice, small as it might be. Way to go, girl. what science is. Science is about being poked and prodded and thank you for speaking love and we remember that the truth sets us free, right? And I'm Mari Kubo and I mean I echo everything that they have said. I mean 
I really feel like there's a huge government overreach here and um, you know, we're not being given the right to speak. I think that's so wrong that our freedoms are being taken away and I worry about our children. Yeah, you heard us talk about the children earlier. Uh, that's something we should be talking about. And there were people of all, there were kids there, and there were there was this woman that we all lovingly referred to uh, Queen Elizabeth oh, <laughs> over there with the end all mandate sign. Uh, let's continue to listen to my new friends from the rally. Uh, to think that they're being forced to have a vaccine that is really not a vaccine. It's very frightening. And um, yeah, I mean, we're here to, you know, express our side. There's you know, the the news. I'm afraid to say, uh, only presents one side of things. So we're here to present truth. Yeah. Then the rally. About 500 people marching through the streets of Seattle, supporting freedom. Uh, asking for an end to the mandates, asking for conversation, peaceful protest, a lot of folks trying to be kind and loving to a lot of folks who were on the sidelines just watching in their masks. I'm going to be straight, though. There were some people who were yelling at people, your mask doesn't work. Take off your mask. What are you afraid of? Look, that goes back to choice and freedom. The guy wants to have their mask on, let the dude have his mask on. If he feels happy with the muzzle, muzzle up baby muzzle up but at least let us have a conversation even though it might be kind of hard to understand you through the mask i can't understand people through the mask uh more from the rally from interviews thank you if you want to hear uh listen we'll take a listen to this gentleman a lot of truth that uh, the media is not doing. Tell me about you and your passion here today. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm, I'm a member of the Washington Civil Rights Council. And so we started back in the mask, when the mask mandates started coming out. And we looked at that. We looked at what was uh, uh, not legal. And yes. we created legal documents to actually serve businesses to educate them. And now we're now we have a lawyer now. And we've kind of grown a little bit. And uh, now we're actually fighting wrongful termination. Uh, using the tools, the legal tools, to uh, help people fight all over the state. So we're literally driving around all over the state trying to, to, to open people up to the idea that they have the power, they have the, they can stand on both feet and, and use the law that our forefathers actually handed down to us to, to, to keep their freedom. Uh, what is your name? My name is Dan Webster. Dana, it's very good to meet you. Do you think the tide's starting to turn? Oh, yes. And the reason I know that is as I travel around the state, there are people in living rooms, in restaurant back rooms all over the state that are that are literally fighting to, fighting to be heard, and they're spreading the word, they're educating each other, and so awakening is happening. And, and what's exciting about that is each, each group sometimes thinks that it's not happening outside of them. But yes. if they knew how many of them there were, it's just exciting. It's electric. I think that's the power of what's happening today is a lot of folks feel isolated. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is turning the tide as well. Thanks a lot, Dan. But you're a huge part of it. Just just you and, and the media getting this out is, is it takes a village, right? Yeah, you too. Thank you. Yeah, I want to say a thank you to those who were 
uh, willing to chit-chat. A lot of folks excited uh, about standing up for freedom. A lot of folks, well, not so excited. We saw a mix as we are walking through the Pike Place Market, which is the oldest continually running outdoor market in the United States. Uh, Folks were both excited and said, hey, this is awesome, and joined in the march. One was a guy who worked at a restaurant, walked out of the restaurant, and tore off his mask and started walking with the fray for probably, I don't know, two or three blocks and then had to go back, muzzle back up and get back to work. But that was charming. Uh, Folks that were honking. And then there were folks who were showing their IQ rating. Uh, One woman with both fists in the window of a packed restaurant um, with her middle fingers up, angry that these people had the mindset that they had. That to me is sad. Sad on both ends when all we can do is show anger, blame, um, our side against your side. This isn't about sides. This is about finding solutions. And you only find solutions by having conversation. Here in Washington State, the governor, who has some of the most draconian measures in the United States, held his State of the State address this week in Washington State. And closed it off. Sorry, public, you don't get to come. We're afraid for the governor's safety. There was no threats. There was no uh, nothing that showed that there would be anything endangering him or his staff. But they said, no, we're afraid. What are you afraid of? Free speech? Not even the legislature got to sit in on this endeavor of the governor. So this is where we're at. This is why we stand up. So in Wrapping things up today for My Michelle Lives Health Watch, let me encourage you to please continue the good fight. And I don't mean fight as in fighting against one another. I'm talking about a good fight of love, of conversation. Listen to people. Uh, Stand against mandates, fine, if that's where, where you're at. But, you know, sometimes people don't have a choice. They're supposed to ask you to mask up. Be kind. Um, be willing to go to rallies. Uh, get involved. Watch My Michelle Live. We'll try to keep you informed. Give us information. We'll spread it on. When you see shows like this one, like them, share them, and comment on them. This is what keeps good information going out. It helps people be educated and it helps us come together to make the right decisions because the truth will indeed set you free. Thank you for watching. We will catch you next time. I'm Michelle Mendoza. More Health Watch at MyMichelleLive.com.